Welcome to episode 27 of Make Me Watch It, the podcast where you, the listeners, decide which of the over 800 unwatched movies in my collection I'm going to be watching next. This month we are looking at She Done Him Wrong. It was originally released on January 27th, 1933. It's part of a Cary Grant box set that I bought my wife as a gift since she's a big Cary Grant fan. And she picked the movie that we watched last night, so here we are. It was directed by Lowell Sherman, who was the first major actor to translate that career into working successfully as a director. He's best known for The Bachelor Apartment, The Royal Bed, False Faces, and Lady of Chance, three of which featured him not only acting but also directing. He passed away of pneumonia at age 46. So ignore the anti vaxxers out there and get your flu shots. Now, there were three writers credited on this. Harvey F. Thu and John Bright worked together on a lot of crime genre films like The Public Enemy with James Cagney, and they helped adapt this play to the screen. The play was written by Mae West, who also worked on the screenplay. Her play was called Diamond Lil. So here she doesn't just write, but she also stars in this film as Lady Lou, who owns a nightclub and enjoys the company of men. As she puts it, it's a man game. I've just learned to play by their rules. The quote, why don't you come up and see me sometime? Or why don't you come up sometime and see me? Or come up and see me anytime. There's a number of variants that she uses to flirt with people. Came in at number 26 on the AFI list of the greatest movie quotes of all time. But my favorite was the exchange between her and Sergei, where they just met. Sergei said, I'm delighted. I've heard so much about you. To which Lady Lee responds, yeah, but you can't prove it. So Mae West is very much a self-made woman. She moved successfully from vaudeville to Broadway to Hollywood. Her first movie was Night After Night. She had a very small part where someone saw her, said, goodness, what lovely diamonds, and she responded, goodness, had nothing to do with it. This was her second film. She also wrote a lot of the subsequent films that she starred in, including I'm No Angel, which is included in that same Cary Grant, The Vault Collection, 18-movie box set released by Universal. She may well be best known for My Little Chickadee, released in 1940, where she starred opposite W.C. Fields. Getting into the co-stars, obviously the first one to list is Cary Grant. He plays Captain Cummings, who runs the mission next door, and is the primary target of Lou's affections because he's so different from the other men she knows. But he's certainly not the only man she's interested in. And just in case any listeners haven't heard of Cary Grant, he's got 77 credits, including a number of roles in Hitchcock films and a lot more. The IMDb says he's best known for Charade, where he starred opposite Audrey Hepburn. And a clerical error has caused it to fall into the public domain. So you can go stream that one legally for free right now. I encourage you to do so. It's quite good. It's directed by Stanley Donan and is often referred to as the best Hitchcock film that Hitchcock never made. I discussed it with Paul Spataro on an episode of the Is It Jaws podcast. He was also in Arsenic and Old Lace, North by Northwest, To Catch a Thief, Father Goose, Operation Petticoat, An Affair to Remember, Monkey Business, Notorious, The Bishop's Wife, and a lot more notable films. He's probably one of the biggest stars in Hollywood history. In fact, when Remington Steele launched and things hit so big, they commented on how popular Pierce Brosnan was, 
by saying that he's had more fan mail come in through Hollywood than anyone else since Cary Grant. That was the strongest comparison, and Cary Grant had the most fan mail of anyone in Hollywood up to that point. Owen Moore plays Chick Clark. He's a convict and prisoner who's in love with Lady Lou and expects her to wait for him in monogamy, even though he's got another year in his prison sentence, but she has no intentions of doing so. He eventually escapes to take her away with him. He's got 286 IMDb credits to his name, and this one is pretty close to the end of his career. It's number 284. His career goes back to the silent short films of 1908, and he passed away from a heart attack at age 54. Gilbert Rowland plays Sergei Staniev, a member of the counterfeiting ring and a man who Lady Lou finds physically appealing. He's got 143 acting credits to his name, running right up to 1982, including guest spots on shows like Barnaby Jones, Kung Fu, McLeod, The Night Gallery, and so forth. His career began as an extra in The Hunchback of Notre Dame in 1923. Noah Beery Sr. plays Gus Jordan, head of the counterfeiting ring, and another man who thinks he's the only man in Lady Lou's Eye. He's got 208 credits to his name dating back to 1913. His brother Wallace Beery had a comparable career, and his son Noah Beery Jr. also had a lot of success. Though I'll always know him as Joseph Rocky Rockford, Jim Rockford's father on The Rockford Files. David Landau plays Dan Flynn, another ex of Lady Lou's, but one who realizes that Gus is a criminal and is waiting around to step in when Gus is arrested. His long career was primarily on the stage, but his 34 screen credits include gems like I'm a Fugitive from a Chain Gang, Horse Feathers with the Marx Brothers, and more. He suffered a serious stroke in 1934 that ended his career, and he passed away in 1935 at age 56. Rafaela Otiano plays Russian Rita, a rarity in the 1930s, a female criminal who is fully culpable for her actions and knows exactly what she's doing and not some poor, misguided girl who simply fell in love with the wrong man. She starred in Grand Hotel, a Best Picture Oscar winner, Curly Top with Shirley Temple, The Devil Doll with Lionel Barrymore, and Topper Returns. She passed away at age 54 due to intestinal cancer. Dewey Robinson plays Spider Kane, Lou's bodyguard, who will do anything for her, including dispose of a corpse in Lou's dressing room, while the police are present and searching the building for an escaped convict. He has 272 credits to his name, running from 1931 to 1952. He passed away in 1950 at age 52 to a a heart attack, so at least eight of his credits were therefore released posthumously, assuming the IMDb has the correct date of death for him. Rochelle Hudson plays Sally, a girl who tried to commit suicide because of a man and ends up getting drafted into the counterfeiting ring. She's got 113 credits to her name from 1930 to 1967. She passed away at age 55 from pneumonia. And the last major cast member is Tamani Young. He plays Chuck Connors, which is a small role. And the man has 137 credits to his name, but a lot of them are little uncredited roles. They're like his role in here, just a couple of lines. He's cast for a particular look. He does star in a lot of films by D.W. Griffith and others with titles and plot synopses that indicate a disproportionate amount of roles in films that implied that the U.S. Civil War was won by the wrong side. So the film hits on a lot of taboo subjects, which is no surprise, given that Mae West previously wrote a play 
titled Sex, that got her arrested. She Done Him Wrong is very well made, and Mae West is undeniably the lead. We're introduced to her through a supporting cast that talks about her, and admire a nude painting of her that's hanging in the lobby of her place of business. Once she's introduced, we see her in almost every scene, with exceptions only for short scenes of Gus discussing his criminal activities. Now, this movie came out six months before the Hayes Code went into effect that restricted the content that could be released in Hollywood. It would not have been eligible for release after the Hayes Code came into effect. So some might say, yeah, it was lucky to get out that early, but doing a little more digging, this is actually one of the main reasons that the Hayes Code started gaining support. So if this hadn't been released, the Hayes Code may not have made it out that quickly. It's well-made, and it's also well-preserved, so it does look and sound good in this release. The costume design for Mae West's character in particular is impressive, and she actually had to be sewn into most of her outfits. And it's the only Mae West film to get an Oscar nomination, and it only got one nomination for Best Picture. It lost to Cavalcade. You'll hear more about that in the 99 Years 100 Films podcast I'm doing with Trey Hooks that premieres in December. So despite the outcry and regional bandings of the film, it was made with a $200,000 budget and brought in $2.2 million at the box office, so it was a worthwhile investment. As for the messages, morals, and meanings, well, there's a lot, but not all of them are ones that I support. I can't get behind the casual attitude towards crime and criminals we see here. I mean, we're not talking crimes like jaywalking, but the main character literally gets away with murder. It was murder in self-defense, but still, she killed someone, there's no investigation, no indication that anyone realizes her victim is even dead. On the other hand, it is one of the earliest movies that sent the message that women can do whatever they want to do, just like men can. So it is very progressive in that sense. It's just that the women here are choosing to do illegal things or, you know, things that not everyone supports. I mean, I have no problems with consenting adults doing whatever they want. I personally have issues with dishonesty. And this character is definitely giving multiple men the impression that he's the only one for her. But that's clearly not the case when we see everything that she's doing and how she interacts with all these men. So it's that dishonesty part that I take some issues with. So that's the basic rundown of this one. Now, as I mentioned, 99 Years 100 Films is a podcast that's going to launch this December. Trey Hooks and I are going to be going through every movie to win the Best Picture Oscar for the first 99 years of the ceremony, which will end up with 100 winners, unless they change the rules again. Now, with that, with the time it takes to focus on multiple podcasts, and with, frankly, the low download numbers for this one, I've decided to wrap up Make Me Watch It after 30 episodes. This is episode 27, so there are three months left. So if there's any particular movies or genres that you really want to make sure get covered, let me know at bureau42podcasts at gmail.com, and we will do what we can to make sure that they happen on those kind of timelines. Anyway, that's about all we have to say about She Done Him Wrong. And don't forget, there's a new podcast going. It's not in the Bureau 42 feeds, but it is created primarily by Brian Rollins, who formerly as the Angry Mob is one of Bureau 42's main authors. It's Dorky, Geeky, Nerdy podcast, and it's a weekly trivia show 
with 30 questions. There's ways to score. Just have fun playing trivia games with geeky topics. So you can find Dorky Geeky Nerdy pretty much anywhere you could find podcasts. It's been submitted to Google Play. It's already live and running in iTunes and on Stitcher. And of course, all the podcatchers that just troll iTunes and relay the same RSS feeds that iTunes uses. So when you have a minute, check that out. Should be a lot of fun. And thank you for listening.